You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show, Locked On Horns. A lot to get into today. Yesterday was National Signing Day. It was kind of hectic, so we weren't able to get an episode out. But we are back on a Thursday talking Texas Longhorns football, recruiting. Where's Brian Carrington going? We're going to talk basketball. And is Baylor the number one team in the country? They certainly played like it on Tuesday night against the Texas Longhorns in Austin for their first matchup of the year. Huge matchup, but let's talk about the big news of the day. Of course, we're talking that recruiting. We're talking what happened on National Signing Day. Two of the big signings of the day. Obviously, we're going to talk about the the addition of Ishmael Ibrahim, uh, who finally made it to uh, sign his letter of intent, uh, and he will be enrolling at the University of Texas. So he was one of their last remaining top uh, commitments that they're waiting on signing. We're going to talk about LJ Johnson here in a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, let's talk about this class of 2021. And it starts at the top with number one recruit, Jatavion Sanders. We know all about him. He is a five-star composite. And number one athlete in the country, according to pretty much every major board out there. Huge get for them. Followed up with J.D. Coffey. He's right near the top. Then you have Ishmael Ibrahim was their number three guy who officially signed a four-star composite, number 14 cornerback in the country. Uh, You know, Steve Sarkeesian spoke a little bit yesterday with the media and he talked about how they liked the length of him. You also had Jameer Johnson, another four-star composite, number 20 cornerback in the country out of California. Uh, Derek Caney, Jordan Thomas, those guys are probably going to get some looks at defensive end. That hybrid outside linebacker in the Pete Kwiatkowski defense. Those are massive. Terrence Cooks provides depth at linebacker, as well as Maurice Blackwell. Another guy who's going to provide you with some depth at that position, and a position that desperately needed depth. You had Jaden Alexander, wide receiver out of Monarch in Florida. Another four-star composite guy. And then you have Jonathan Brooks, who was finally moved up to four-star. Number 18 running back in the country. Uh, and we know all about his massive year. Hayden Connor, one of the early enrollees. You have Byron Murphy, who's good, probably going to get a lot of looks inside. Uh, when, when you look at his size and, and, you know, they need a presence in the middle of the defense. Yeah, they have Alfred Collins. They have... Keandre Colburn, uh, but again, adds depth. You added another athlete uh, who played tight end at Everman in Fort Worth. You're talking about Juan Davis. Gunnar Helm, who's uh, a converted wide receiver, should get some looks eventually. Uh, We'll see how that tight end rotation is going to work out. Uh, You also had a Holy Cross defensive end and and Baron Sorrell. Uh, he was a three-star composite. Keith Ron Lee, wide receiver out of Rudder, uh, brings uh, some more dynamic playmaking to the position uh, out of Bryan, Texas. 
Casey Kane, wide receiver, out of New Orleans. And then we had Charles Wright, quarterback, the Iowa State flip uh, after they lost uh, Jalen Milrow. You had Max Merrill, out of straight Jesuit, offensive tackle guy. He's going to provide some depth. Isaac Pearson was your punter out of Pro Kick Australia. Obviously, they get a lot of those guys. And there were a few transfers, O.V. Ogafu. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to learn how to say his name correctly in the coming months. He was a three-star composite uh, who transferred in uh, from Notre Dame, providing you some of that depth on the outside. Ray Thornton uh, is another guy as well who's going to provide you some depth on that outside. David Abiera signed yesterday uh, with Texas. He originally was committed to go to Notre Dame. Uh, but now he is Texas bound, so he'll be coming in. You have him. Uh, the news of the day today, uh, news came out this morning, Bruce Feldman reporting that Brian Carrington, uh, one of the top staff guys uh, for Texas, is actually heading out west. He's going to join Keontae Ingram, Xavier Alford, uh, Craig Navarre, Todd Orlando, all those Former Texas guys, he's going out west. University of Southern California is where they're going to be at. Uh, so that was just another move that came down the pipe. Uh, but overall, National Signing Day, they missed out on a couple of guys that we thought might be coming to Texas. Austin UK became the second offensive lineman that Texas lost to Stanford. Uh, a a three-star guy that many thought was going to sign with Texas. Uh, Texas was in the... In the top four, along with uh, Northwestern, uh, was in there as well. But he, he opted to go to Stanford. Uh, you know, so just again, the offensive line recruiting just, it in recent years, just hasn't been there. It started with Herb Hand. Um, we really haven't seen good recruiting slash development at the offensive line since Matt Maddox left uh, after his first season under Tom Herman in 2017. Uh, they brought in Herb Hand, and it, it never was. What it, what it was prior to that, uh, the last All-American that they had, consensus All-American, was obviously Connor Williams. Uh, and and he, he's, you know, he played under uh, Matt Maddox. So, you know, you haven't seen that development yet. And hopefully we're going to get there uh, very, very soon with the Texas Longhorns. Uh, now that Kyle Flood is your new offensive line coach slash offensive coordinator. We'll see kind of how that plays out, how it's going to play out in the future. Uh, but, you know, that's where we're sitting right now. Uh, but let me tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has absolutely changed the game in the energy bar. They got 18 amazing flavors. We're talking nut and non-nut flavors. One of my personal favorites, the cookies and cream. It's one of their six new flavors. They also got a 12 original. And like I've always said, if it's got peanut butter in it, I definitely want you to check it out. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. It's great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It is an energy bar, but it's like a candy bar. It's a healthy candy bar. They're low-calorie, you're low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, which means they're great for the keto diet. You know, once again, let's talk about that cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. What I want you to do is go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you get 20% off your next order. Remember to use that promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com.
All right, we're covering everything you need to know about the Texas Longhorns, but what about the rest of the sports world? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. It's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Well, one of the big news of the day was obviously LJ Johnson. We talked about it uh, before we went into our break. LJ Johnson, many thought he was going to sign with Texas. Uh, it became down to Texas versus Texas A&M. Some felt that Texas was still in the running. Unfortunately, yesterday at about 1.30 p.m. Central Time, uh, LJ Johnson held his, his live commitment announcement, his live signing, where he chose the Texas A&M Aggies over the Texas Longhorns. Now, some might be upset with that, and I can understand that for good reason. You want your team to sign the best pro- prospects out there. Absolutely agree with that. But this decision for him to go to A&M over Texas isn't necessarily a bad thing. And the reason why you just signed a four-star running back in Jonathan Brooks, who was, uh, he ran like a man possessed down in Hallettsville on their way to the state championship game. Obviously, they lost that game uh, in overtime, but you can't fault what he did throughout the season. Just the numbers that he put up offensively, defensively, special teams. He was a do-everything. When it comes to the running back situation at the University of Texas, they feel pretty good. And you should understand Drayton. You have Bajan Robinson. You have Roshan Johnson, two of your top production guys last season. Uh, Roshan also had a pretty good productive season his freshman year. So you feel really good about having two relatively young running backs. Now, Roshan is a junior by classification uh, after two years of playing. And then you have Bijan, the freshman, who will be a sophomore. uh, But his first year of playing doesn't hurt any of his eligibility due to the NCAA ruling of freezing eligibility for this last season. So that's, uh, you know, you have to feel pretty good about that. And then you add Jonathan Brooks to the mix. By the way... We're still waiting to find out about Daniel Young. He opted out last year. Is he going to be back this year? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, But you have to be excited about the future of the running back position. Not only that, but just recently, prior to National Signing Day, Jaden Blue, uh, number four running back in the 2022 recruiting class, committed to the University of Texas, which was something that a lot of people expected. And so there's a level of excitement there to add him uh, to go along with uh, Jalen Gilbro um, and then Armani Winfield all have committed. So there's three commits to your 2022 recruiting class that you got to feel pretty excited about. You got to feel pretty good about. Uh, so let's talk about some positive news. We got the LJ Johnson news out of the way, but let's talk some positive news. Uh, in speaking with the media yesterday, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, hinted at a couple of things. Uh, he talked about the quarterback competition between Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. He liked the the leadership and intangibles of Casey Thompson, but he liked the ability of Hudson Card. So he feels pretty good about those two quarterbacks. So that's going to be an interesting battle to watch and see who kind of who takes over and when are we going to get to find some of that out? Well, hopefully for spring ball, Steve Sarkeesian announced that they're hoping to kick off spring ball camp around March twenty third and have the annual orange-white game on April 24th. That's a key positive there. We didn't get to see the game last year, 
uh, due to COVID-19, and they canceled all spring sports, which also meant spring ball would be axed. But that's exciting because that just gives us uh, get a first chance to look. There's also another opportunity for these guys to work with their new head coach and their new offensive system, their new defensive system. Again, they went with a new offensive system, quote-unquote. I'm using air quotes here because we all know it was Tom Herman's offense. Nothing was going to change. Defense did change, but this year it's a whole new system. Both sides of the ball have got to figure it out. So you got the quarterback competition. Uh, receiving group, how does that look? Now, we're likely not going to see Troy Omier in spring ball this year after he tore his ACL in, in fall camp this past season. He likely won't be good to go until fall camp kicks off again this year to give him time to, to recover and get ready. But he's a guy that we're going to want to pay attention to when fall camp does officially get going. Receivers-wise, we've, we've talked about Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith, Joshua Moore. I think those are the guys near the top. It'll be interesting to see how do the young guys fit in. Where does a Marcus Washington fit? Is he an X? Uh, you have Montrell Estelle, who moving over from the defensive side of the ball. What can he do at the wide receiver position and kind of where does he fit? There's going to be a lot of competition in the secondary, I think, when you look at who's going to play safety. J.D. Coffey is probably going to be in the mix. Jaron Thompson is going to be in the mix. B.J. Foster. There are going to be a slew of guys, and once they figure out who's playing where, and we'll kind of monitor that as this whole offseason process progresses, kind of see how they're looking in these offseason workouts, where do they like guys, we're going to figure that all out. The other thing is DeMarvin Overshone and his command of the Peter Kwiatkowski defense. Uh, who's going to be that guy in the middle that's going to be calling the defense? Is it going to be him? Is it going to be Juwan Mitchell? There's a lot of those conversations and, and things to to monitor in the coming weeks. Those are uh, a lot of exciting things for the Texas Longhorns to pay attention to. All right, just another quick note on a former staffer, Jay Valai, who was the cornerbacks coach for Texas last season, was expected to join Houston as the, quarter, as the cornerbacks coach as well. But it appears that he has already left Houston to join the Philadelphia Eagles uh, to head to the NFL. So they have a former coach that is uh, changed where he wanted to go. All right, are you ready for some football? Super Bowl coming up. College football is over, but we have the Super Bowl. Big matchup there. There's only one place that we trust and one place that has you covered. We're talking betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for your 50% welcome bonus. You could look at, they're going to have all kinds of prop bets. Who's going to throw the first pass? Who's going to throw the first touchdown pass? There's different things to bet on, and there's only one place that you can get all that information right in front of you. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Receive your 50%. Welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports books experts. Well, on Tuesday night, the Texas Longhorns hosted the number two ranked Baylor Bears, the undefeated Baylor Bears, 16 and 0 overall, 8 and 0 in conference, and now 17 and 0 and 9 and 0 in conference. Texas Longhorns dropped their third conference game of the year. They're now 5 and 3, 11 and 4 overall uh, in the basketball season. Now, on Tuesday night, you had Greg Brown, who provided only five points in that game. Uh, one of which was a monstrous dunk, which he got called for a technical 
for the stare down after. That's a little bit excessive, I think. I mean, with that level of dunk, he should have been able to stare him down. I mean, that was huge. But you didn't get a lot from Greg Brown as far as one rebound, one assist. He had more turnovers than assists and then three fouls in the game, five points. Jericho Sims provided you 10 points, nine rebounds. So he did his job in on the interior. It was good. They had Courtney Ramey back. He provided 12 points, six assists. And the other top guard, Matt Coleman, in 31 minutes, provided you with 13 points. He was 3 of 7 from 3, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. The big player of the game was Andrew Jones, who he had a, a very poor showing in their last time out. And this time around, he shot 10 of 16 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3, uh, but only 1 of 3 from free throw line. Greg Brown was over 3. Sims was 2 for 8. But Jones did score 25 points in the game. He had five rebounds, three assists, a steal. Then you look at the bench, and Kai Jones, he gave you 23 minutes off the bench. He gave you four points, three rebounds, two blocks, one steal. But it just wasn't enough. There, there wasn't enough. They got four points total, all from Kai Jones, off the bench. The Longhorns need a lot more off the bench if they're going to beat a team as deep as Baylor. Baylor had two players, you're talking about Mitchell and Butler, who combined for 48 points in this game. They got another 10 uh, from Mossy Oteague, and then their bench players provided them with another 17 points as they won 83-69. to 69. And really, when you look at this team, they do everything well. They rebound well. They had 26 total rebounds, 21 of them on the defensive boards, 13 assists, 10 steals, Oh, yeah, by the way, they only shot four three throws, but they made every single one of them. Texas shot 14 and hit three. And so you're losing 11 points there. If you add, if you can hit some more of those free throws, it's a lot closer game than the 14-point difference that came about. They shot 54.9% from the floor. They shot 45.5% from three-point land. But the problem is that the Baylor Bears were shooting 58.6% from the field, from field goal percentage and 524 from three-point land, hitting three or hitting 11 of 21, just slightly better than what Texas did at 10 of 22. But this team is a team that they're probably, they should be the number one team in the country, I think, just because nobody can get real close to them. And, and they're just so deep and they can, it just seemed like anytime Texas started to make a run in this game that they just couldn't close in. They lost the first half by seven points and lost the second half by an identical seven points. It was almost identical scoring in the first and second half. 41 to 34, 42 to 35. And that is the difference in your game right there. Texas, any time that they started to make a run, Baylor would just pull away again. And like I said, they they had their guys were phenomenal in this game. And Texas has to find a way to combat that. How do they combat that? Well, they're going to need more from Greg Brown. They're going to need more from their bench. Kai Jones has kind of been their guy that he does a little bit of everything for you. Cunningham only played 14 minutes in this game. One rebound, uh, two fouls. And he, he only took one shot and he missed that shot. Royce Hamm provided you nothing in seven minutes off the bench. He did have one rebound. It was an offensive rebound. No points. 
they're going to have to get more from them. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, Ramey, he took 11 shots in this game. Coleman took 10 shots in this game. But their big thing is they've got to get more from their bench. And they've got to do a much better job of hitting their free throws. Texas has not been very good at their free throw shooting this season. Something that they're going to have to change. They're going to have to get that fixed. They're going to get back in the gym. They're going to need to put some shots up in order to, to kind of fix that. So where do they go from here? Well, the good thing for Texas is their next matchup coming up uh, is against Oklahoma State, who lost Wednesday night against TCU. They're going to play in Stillwater uh, on the 6th, so uh, Saturday. We'll have that matchup. And, uh, and then following that, they go to Manhattan to play Kansas State, TCU, before a matchup in Norman with the Oklahoma Sooners to try and get some retribution. Now, you could this team, you, you could say they put up a pretty good fight against Baylor considering they've had, you know, two or three of their last four games prior to Baylor were canceled or postponed. The game against Kentucky was canceled. They postponed Iowa State and TCU, likely to be played at the end of the year. Still waiting to find out when those games are going to be played. Uh, and so, you know, you saw a team that's played, you know, three times in the last 21 days. That kind of layoff, I mean, it, as we know, basketball is a repetition thing, much like baseball. You're going to need to get more repetition. <laughs> repetition. And when you're not playing your games, that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, but they still have an opportunity here. Uh, w- when you look at the standings, Texas is still the number two team. Uh, they're actually tied with West Virginia in the standings, just ahead of Oklahoma and Kansas. They're going to get their opportunities, specifically uh, against, like I said, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, OU. They're going to play Iowa State, West Virginia again, Kansas again. And then they're going to wrap up the season uh, unless they add some some more games against uh, coming down the stretch. Uh, some of those games that were postponed. They'll end the season on February 27th in Lubbock against Texas Tech. They're going to be looking to get some retribution from the Red Raiders on their home court after they came in and invaded Austin. And we'll kind of see how that plays out. But coming up tomorrow's show, Cammy is going to be joining us like she does every Friday on the Locked On Longhorns podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got a special treat. She had an interview with former Texas Longhorns standout Brian Arakpo, uh, and we're going to have that bits and pieces of that interview on the show, and we're going to talk a little bit about what he said, his excitement level about Sarkeesian, who was an underrated player on that 2018 that many thought could have won a national championship had they uh, not lost that game against Texas Tech in in early November. Uh, and then obviously they didn't get to go to the Big 12 championship because of how the BCS standings and they put Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. We'll get into some of that. Talk about what Brian Arakpo had to say to Cammie in her exclusive interview with the former Texas Longhorn. But that's going to do it for me. I'm going to catch y'all tomorrow, but as always, keep it locked on. Hook them.